My name is Michael Cox from the Communications Office at the University of Warwick. Today I'm talking to Professor Tom Marsh and uh, Dr Boris Gainsicki from the Astronomy and Astrophysics Group within Warwick's Department of Physics. Their research work focuses on binary stars and recently they have made an exciting discovery regarding an unusual ring of metal-rich gas around a white dwarf star in the Virgo constellation. Firstly, Professor Marsh, could you give me a little bit of background information about the work that you do within your group? Yes, our work focuses on binary stars, um, very close pairs of stars, in many cases so close that uh, one star affects the other and even tears material off it. And these stars are stars in which you can see um, black holes, um, neutron stars, accreting material and producing copious amounts of X-rays, for example. And they allow us to sort of study processes that are uh, difficult to study in more exotic situations within the universe. And Boris, could you talk about your recent discovery and actually how you came across this? Yes. I've been looking at spectra of white dwarfs that are contained in the Sloan Digital Sky Survey, which is a very large project taking data of about a quarter of the entire sky. And this project took so far about a million spectra of objects in the sky, of which there are about 10,000 white dwarfs. And for, for some other purpose, I looked at this spectrum and came across that pe peculiar single object where I noticed very odd emission lines that are typically not seen in white dwarfs and just put it aside for a bit and then came back to it and realized that this must have some quite, some kind of quite interesting origin. And then I've been talking to Tom about what could be the origin and we realized that it has to be a disk made out of metal gas around that white dwarf. And so we went into, into doing a bit more research on what the possible origin could be and we came up with the plausible solution of um, an asteroid that has been disrupted by the gravitational field of the white dwarf and then evaporated by the radiation from the white dwarf forming that disk around it. So that's how the whole story started. How does this relate to the existence of planets or sort of lack thereof around, around white dwarfs? Because I know that this is something that's been puzzling uh, astronomers for a while is you know wh why there aren't planets around these types of stars. Yes, it's true. Astronomers have searched for the past several years very intensively for planets around white dwarfs with the simple initial idea that it should be easier to find planets around white dwarfs than to find planets around normal stars because white dwarfs are very small and very dim stars. And today they haven't found any planet um, despite predictions that they should exist. So this object that we have looked at may have a planet, we believe it probably has, it definitely has um, a system of asteroids which are orbiting at a very large distance around the white dwarf. And the reason why we believe that it may have a planet is that asteroids would just stay very far from the white dwarf until they're disturbed by something that is substantially bigger than themselves, which would be in that case a planet. And this planet, is this a planet which uh, existed sort of before the star became a white dwarf um, or or is it a planet that still exists now I'm wondering if it was a planet that might have been destroyed when presumably this star became a red giant or are we talking about a planet that currently exists at the moment but it would need to exist at the moment I to see. be able to cause that asteroid being deflected on a white dwarf diving course yes um, the, the, the what you just mentioned when white dwarfs are formed 
the progenitor star goes through a stage which we call a red giant and it becomes very large and in that process wipes out every material, planets, asteroids, everything that there is out to a very large radius. So that means that any planets that have existed um, inside that radius, they would have been gone, evaporated, and anything that is outside the uh, radius of the red giant would survive that stage. Now, in, in the field of extrasolar planets, practically all the planets that we know are at very short distances around their host stars, very much in contrast to our own solar system, where we have planets um, reaching out very far. And the large planets like Jupiter and Saturn and Neptune, they're actually further out than the small planets like the Earth. Um, so in that respect, this system may have been similar to our solar system, in the sense that it has had planets quite far out. Can you hypothesize as to the planet that you, you think is there at the moment, which one of the planets in our own solar system it would most be like? Do you have that kind of information available? Not really. If if we would want to just draw the analogy between our solar system and that, that particular star, um, we would say that probably Mars, Jupiter, Saturn and the, the planets further out, they would survive the end of the, of the life of the Sun. And so in that sense, Jupiter might be a plausible candidate that disturbs the course of asteroids further out. But from the data we have, we can't say anything about the nature of this hypothetical planet around that white dwarf. When our own Sun becomes a red giant, there's uh, obviously there's a, a chance that the Earth will be destroyed completely, but there's also a chance that it may uh, simply be moved in its orbit. If it does survive, but its orbit's altered, then can you tell us a little bit more about what will actually happen to the planet? Uh, yes, in fact, um, uh, some nasty things will happen quite a long time before it gets to that stage. Because as the sun expands, you, you literally see um, an expanding sphere in the sky over a very long time scale. Um, uh, the Earth will, itself will get hotter and hotter. And in about 3,000 million years from now, which is quite a long time before the sun actually gets this phase, uh, we're going to suffer what's called a runaway greenhouse effect, where the oceans start to um, evaporate and put up lots of water into the atmosphere. And that then starts to um, increase the greenhouse effect. The water vapour is part, part of the greenhouse effect nowadays, but it'll be a very considerable part then. And eventually the oceans will boil dry um, to be with a very heavy atmosphere. Um, as, as the sun continues um, to expand, then the temperature of the Earth will rise and rise and go well over a thousand degrees and certainly it will not be a hospitable uh, place at the very best it will be a, a dry barren rock uh, so that's the future for the earth if we manage to survive uh, actually being evaporated entirely rather bleak then <laughs> yes <laughs> but a long way in the future okay so do you think that your discovery has any kind of impact for us? I mean, what does, how, what does this mean for us in our own solar system? I find it just interesting and fascinating to look at a star and think that star, with this metal disk going around it and apparently having asteroids pretty far out and probably a planet pretty far out, it does look quite similar to how our solar system will look in about 5 billion years. In about 5 billion years our sun will have ended its life and have turned into a white dwarf. Mercury, Venus and probably the Earth will have been destroyed and Mars, the asteroid belt, Jupiter and all the other planets will have moved 
further out by about a factor 2 in radius and they will orbit a very small, very dim white dwarf at that time. And occasionally Jupiter will disturb the course of some of the asteroids, send them close to the white dwarf, they will get disrupted and form a disk of metal gas around that sun. So some astronomers on a different planet in a different solar system looking at our solar system in 5 billion years or later might see something that looks very similar to what we have found in that case. So essentially we might be looking sort of at a snapshot into the future of yes, what's happening to our own, our own solar system. Why do you think that this kind of system is so rare? Obviously you've looked at a large number of white dwarfs um, and this is, is, is this the first sort of discovery of this type? It's not the first um, of it's the first one of this type where we see dynamical evidence for a ring of metal gas. There have been four other white dwarfs found before where infrared observations suggested the existence of dust around white dwarfs, and that dust has been thought to be from disrupted comets. However, these observations they couldn't give the exact location and um, motion of that dust around the white dwarfs, so it wasn't quite clear where the material sits and where it comes from exactly. However, in our case, because of the dynamical information that we have, we can tell it is actually a small ring-like structure very close to the white dwarf. Um, but again, these four white dwarfs, they were out of hundreds that people have looked at, and so these systems, they are rare, and speculating about reasons why they are so rare, the first thing that comes into mind is that in most systems where we have looked for extrasolar planets around normal stars, as I mentioned, these planets are very close to the host stars. Now, in the formation of um, planetary systems where these planets move very close to the star, they will probably clear out any material that has been there before asteroids and smaller planets as they move close to the host star. And these systems, when they turn into white dwarfs, they wouldn't have any asteroids left further out. Um, the other the other reason may be that the disruption of an asteroid may not happen very often and these disks may not live very long, maybe only a few 10,000 or 100,000 years. And so in that sense we may just need to be lucky looking at the right star in the right moment. So does this, do you think, have any impact on the eternal question, is there life on other planets? If this solar system is something that could have been like ours, um, you know, had we been able to observe it five to eight billion years ago, is it an outside chance that it could have supported life, do you think? Well, from the data we have, I guess it's impossible to tell. Yeah. The possibility, obviously, is that um, if solar systems similar to our own ones have existed, life may have formed in other places, but I think that our discovery isn't at the state to really discuss that. It's, it's an indirect indication, perhaps, that there are systems more like our solar system out there. Um, but yes, you can't say for sure, of course, whether it's got life or ever had life. Are you particularly looking for solar systems similar to our own in order to try and find evidence of life? Is that the best chance, do you think? Uh, yes. Um, you want to, to, to find places which are going to have life. You want a, a star that lives 
for quite a long time, um, probably. And and you want planets which are in the same location as the Earth. The planets that Boris had talked about um, that we found in other uh, stars are very very close to their host stars. They have um, you know they go round every three days when we take a whole year to go round, and they're in a location where it's more than a thousand degrees. Um, the temperature, so we don't really think that they have life. Um, they're like Jupiter, but a thousand degrees. Um, so you do need to find systems with planets far out from their host stars. And so this system you know, may once have been like that, but very indirectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also read that it's perhaps more likely with some of the planets in so- similar solar systems to our own that life might be supported on the moons of these planets. Have you got any comments on on that? They say that because the planets we found so far are very massive. Um, they are, they're gas giants, you know, like like Jupiter. Um, no solid surface, so we generally think that um, life would need some sort of solid surface or liquid oceans to uh, evolve and start. Um, you can't do that on a gas giant where the gas is continually be pumping up and down uh, in, inside the planet. So the moons, in that case, would be a would be a, a sort of a nicer location. Um, but on the other hand, we can't really say that those pl- um, stars don't have Earth-like planets as well. Um, that's, we just can't tell at the moment. In the future, what will happen to the White Dwarf? What's the next stage in its evolution? It's now on a very long-term decline. It's just going to sit there, essentially unchanging, except cooling off all the time. It's now just above 20,000 degrees, um, and in a billion years or so it'll be down to 10,000 degrees. It just carries on like that, getting slower and slower. It's due never really to change very much apart from cooling down. It's just a, a rock without any internal power source. It's just cooling off. Is it not possible, eventually, as it approaches a particular density limit, that it will still explode, though? Not this one, no. no. Um, White Dwarf, is a, once it gets this state, it's a stable configuration. There are some cases where white dwarfs can explode if they uh, material is added onto their surface. But this one, although a little bit of material is being added on, it won't be at a high enough rate to have much effect. Um, so it really will just stay pretty much the same. This is the future of most stars. Are you going to do any further observations on this, this star as it stands? Yes, we have applied for observations using the um, very large telescope in Chile, which is an 8 meter size mirror to obtain high-resolution spectroscopy to um, probe for additional lines of chemical elements because at the moment the elements that we have detected are magnesium, calcium and iron. So we would like to get a better idea of what is the composition of that metal gas, what other materials are in there, to get a better idea of what kind of asteroid, what was the composition of the asteroid that has been disrupted. So we have applied for time to do this study and we will follow that star over a longer time because this ring of gas is not exactly circular, it's slightly elliptical and um, general relativity by Einstein predicts that that ring of gas should precess in time and probably on time scale of years. So within a few years we might see that ring changing position relative to the star. So that's one project and the second project that we have applied for time is to observe it with the XMM-Newton satellite of the European Space Agency to obtain X-ray data of that object because a little bit, a little amount of material from that gas disk falls onto the white dwarf. We see that on the surface of the white dwarf and that process called accretion should generate X-rays. Now from the X-ray observations 
we hope that we could measure the rate at which material falls onto the white dwarf and we could then probably calculate for how long this disk might exist. When it ceases to exist, what, what will happen to the material within it? It will just settle onto the surface of the white dwarf and um, being diluted into its atmosphere. The atmosphere of a white dwarf is typically made up out of pure hydrogen and if you mix in small amounts of metals they will show up for a short amount of time and then they will just sink down in that atmosphere and will not be seen anymore. Professor Marsh, uh, Dr. Gensicki, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>